Yeah. Yeah. What are the most dangerous seed oils? What are the seed oils I need? To, top 10 seed oils to look out for. You won't like believe canola, peanut, sesame, uh, rapeseed oil, linseed oil. Linseed sure. Oil. Yeah. What are, what is the most typical things you would find those in though? Like, cause I like don't just eat seed any oils, process. You know, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, some people have a bottle of canola they have on their their counter. Sure. A lot of restaurants fry stuff in seed oils. Well, okay, okay. I've uh, I've actually been noticing because my my work carries all these little Hostess donuts mm-hmm. and Hostess ding dongs and products Weepy like that. Ingredients you will be yeah. horrified. Well, that's the thing. When I was a kid, I used to love those things because you'd eat them and they'd taste delicious, and then you'd wash them down with a glass of water or milk or something, and they'd go down easy. But now you eat them. And I, dr- I drink a glass of water afterwards, and there's this waxy residue left across my oh, entire wow. like tongue and gums. I don't know if and that's a seed oils. That might just be the fact that those food items are like several ingredients away from plastic. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's the thing, because like the, there's these, these like right-wing bodybuilder guys on uh, Twitter who are like, seed oils are bad. You should drink five raw eggs every single day and spend <laughs> yeah, nine yeah. hours at the gym. And it, what it really is, is like seed oils are in like pop tarts, fucking macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. They're in like all the shitty processed foods. And the reason that people are feeling like shit is not just the seed oils. It's because they're in the worst foods you can get. The jury's still out on whether the seed oils are, are also a culprit. I just haven't seen well, the data. What is it a- what is it about getting really into a subculture like bodybuilding or fitness or like CrossFit or something in that kind of zone that just makes people like immediately start digging into pseudoscience stuff? There's like a whole <laughs> wing of people that believe like you shouldn't eat any food that's a nightshade. Like you should never eat a potato. You should never eat a tomato. <laughs> They're bad for you and they'll they'll poison your body. And it's like I'm just a susceptibility to that kind of, you know, thought process. I think it just opens you up to all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like people people start getting into something and they're like, this is my religion now. This supersedes yeah, that's, that's what, what I know it is. about the world. The fanatical devotion that you see to like health crazes and, you know, being incredibly online, it's just like uh multi-level marketing. It's just like <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, getting really into Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. It's a su- <laughs> it's a substitute for religion. Because like, uh, just you know, we, like Walter White, man, we need and a hobby free, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the gluten free Walter White. I'm the, I'm the dairy free lactose free. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the synthetic egg Walter White. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to your fridge. You're going to take out every dairy product, every piece of cheese, you know, throw it in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Mike Ermintrout, dude. He he's the only life coach I would ever be willing to. Oh, that would be such a to. good show. If he told me to drink seven eggs every day, I'd probably do it. Yeah, but that's just because he's like a persuasive guy, right? It's not that you believe yeah, him. It's my just legs. like, yeah, I feel like I should do what he says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of guys that look like Mike Ermintrout, and they're just you know alcoholics that hate their wives. You yeah, know? they're they're like dudes where their kids will be like, oh, he's just a big teddy bear. Uh, but I bet Mike Ermintrout's <laughs> kids are just like, don't fuck with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, his kids are dead, right? That's, that's uh, the sad part about the poor guy. Oh, is it? I the actor or the character on, on Breaking Bad? No, no, I don't know. No, I wouldn't talk shit about Jonathan Banks. I don't know anything about that guy. But the act, did, did I just spoil the show for anybody? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Because I don't really remember breaking Bad i guess technically it would be better call Saul. yeah i haven't watched past the first season i'm not i'm not pissed about the spoiler or anything no we'll, 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 we won't bleep it out or anything i'll just yeah. add reverb till it's incomprehensible so. <laughs> <laughs> people will be like is there something wrong with my headphones Uh, speaking of having something wrong with your headphones, uh, welcome to Beep Beep Lettuce, everybody. You might notice uh, a new voice on the show. We have uh, John and Todd here, but we're also joined by both of our very good friend, Phil Buck, who is from a lot of different things, but most recently from my very favorite new podcast, The Suck. Oh, I the guess suck. it's not so new now. The, 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 the Suck. For a second by this point. 
It's weird. I, it's been a year. You guys are taking off, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I got to give props to y'all. I would never have done a podcast if it wasn't for BB Lettuce inspiration. But yeah, we just hit episode 50, and it's just over a year since we started it. And for any BB Lettuce listeners that have not heard of us, it's really just a show very similar to BB Lettuce. I, I think we're a little bit hornier than y'all are. Certainly hornier. A lot of time. <laughs> Quite a bit, I would say. I, <laughs> I enjoy it. Honest, that's not the kind of show I would put on, but it's the kind of show I like to tune into. You know what I mean? It's kind of inevitable. <laughs> Most of our hosts are, you know, they come from the shitposting world and mm-hmm. they often touch on subjects that are very, as we like to say, come joke adjacent. Sure. Uh, there's just no way you're not, you're not going to get through an hour of talking to each other without a lot of... Uh, horny posting if you will so yeah th- there was actually i was i was at one of my stops filling up vending machines and a random dude who worked at this you know steel rolling facility walks up to me and he's like what's on your headphone what you listening to <laughs> and i'm like oh these are my friends they have a podcast called the suck and he was like well i've been needing something to listen to since come town stopped happening and I was <laughs> like, shit you might like this show <laughs> boy, boy have i got the thing for you is come town dead i haven't listened to it on like I don't know. I've never listened to Come Town, but that guy just like blew my mind. I was like, well, if you like Come Town, I think on name alone, you should probably listen to a show called (laughs) The Suck. (laughs) Chronologically, you're kind of going backwards there, but you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you can get to Come Town before The Suck. I don't know. (laughs) That's how you end up in Come Town is through The Suck for sure. Yeah. It's funny though, because that did. The whole idea for the show came out of a, a shit post, a joke where I was just like, what if you had like the view <laughs> and it was a bunch of shit posters sitting around the table together, just talking about stuff that happened on the internet. Like my worldview of it was supposed to be a lot closer to the ground. We cover, I'm, I'm can't imagine like if you listen to both of our shows that we wouldn't cover at least one of the same stories every week, but mm-hmm. I always wanted to talk about, you know, stuff that was happening in like what's happening in this Facebook group or what's happening on this little Twitter offshoot. And sometimes we get there. Most of the time we talk about Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, uh, it's hard. It's really hard not <laughs> to you get into the weeds pretty fast. Yeah. But I, I, I like the way you get into the weeds pretty quick and you're, you're willing to stay there for a while, especially if you have an episode with uh, Matt on and you have a pretty big <laughs> <laughs> rotating cast of hosts, which I, I really enjoy as well. I've often thought like, no, three or four is the right amount of hosts, but it turns out you can have as many as you want. If half of them can't make it half the time. That's exactly right. And that was, again, <laughs> as much as I help, uh, hate to reference the show, I've never watched The View. I don't know anything about it. Sure. But I know they I have imagine a- <laughs> it's just a camera on the side of like a cliff or something. I've, I've only seen <laughs> Megan McCain clips from The View. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I've or no, seen not Megan you know, McCain. pictures Wait, of it. Is it Megan McCain that's on The View? I think so. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I keep, I get, I always get her mixed up with who's that other uh, political fail daughter of like a Republican guy. Um, Cheney's daughter. Liz yeah, Cheney. yeah, Liz Cheney. I get She's Cheney and that would be funny. McCain's daughters mixed up. I feel like I get Megan McCain mixed up with Amy Schumer, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we just the idea was always to have a rotating cat. I think originally I thought it would have like eight people, and I would make people draw straws or something right, every right. week. But it, it it actually turns out that for making a podcast uh, for you know very little financial gain that not everybody makes it from week to week and so it, it shakes out pretty good that you can <laughs> have six people i think kim bertrand has just shown back on the show for the last two episodes after i think a three-month absence so it just you know it just works out that people can get in and uh for everybody listening you you may know some of my co-hosts because they post and they go viral but if it's weird how that doesn't translate into the podcast world um no, you Matt have to Moyer, you have to push uh, it really hard to get like uh, podcast traction off of memes. I know yeah. just from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all are the you you pulled off the clout pivot somehow successfully. I've always been inspired. <laughs> this is the only reason I ever considered it. You know, people would always whisper in my, "You start you start podcast." I'm like, no, I don't want to ever do a podcast, and <laughs> and I never anticipated doing a podcast. I always wanted to do a show. Like the 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 suck was supposed to be a show. I was going to green screen everybody in. To sure. a scene together, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's just impractical. And I, you know, I'm I'm too ambitious. I have two kids, and you do I don't know why I ever thought visions. I could pull that off. Like you've you've done yeah, multiple you're... shows, like you know, uh, uh, like practically, you know, not even practically, like literally that you could just tune into 
you know, uh, uh, you know, every time and just like, it was great. And, uh, like you have these grand visions and can follow through in such like a, uh, like everything is, is taken care of. Like you thought of everything. Uh, like a lot of the, I think it's a mental illness to be honest. Like, I know you're trying to give me props, but <laughs> I did a show. So the, the show that led to the suck was called late night with Chio Neil, Love which that John show. was there and it was great. This is a great time. And, uh, I think I did a show, like I had to get my appendix removed one night in an emergency, uh, append, what is it? Appendectomy. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of the night, I go to the ER and they're like, no, your, your appendix is, is fucked. You got to go to a hospital and have surgery. And like five days later, we still put on the show. That's Holy not shit. healthy. That's not <laughs> normal behavior, you know? So <laughs> no, that's, I mean, but I get it. Like I've spent my entire life, like making bad decisions and fucking up my finances and my schedule to do things like take bands on tours that lose money and like, you know, make it onto like guest spots on podcasts that, uh, probably don't do anything for actually helping me get stuff out there, but it's all good. Cause like, there's like a, I, I think for a long time, especially like in the long stretch of COVID, I kind of felt like there was a, a, a lack of podcasts coming around or other pro- projects that were like actually kind of good. Like they all just felt like they oh, were wow. rehashing the same thing. And then when I started listening to the suck, I was like, Oh, you know, like this isn't changing the format of podcasting or anything, but it's fresh. It's and I think part of yeah. what I like about it is that like your show and it suck is refreshing. It's very, it's very refreshing to get sucked. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, I think your show and our show both come from a Facebook internet background, which is pretty interesting compared to a lot of shows, which I think you could easily say are more Twitter or Reddit e. And uh, like, do you think that having that that Facebook style background is is part of the recipe for success? I also think of like Minion <laughs> Death Cult, for instance, as a Facebook centric show. Uh, for better or for worse, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we talked about it when we want to do like the live show because, of course, I'm still like we have to do a live show, and everyone mm-hmm. else is like, uh, we don't. Really. <laughs> but uh, I occasionally convince the gang to do a live show, and it's like always very clear that our, our audience is uh, us on Facebook, you know, like we, mm-hmm. we screen, we stream it out to YouTube and Facebook. And I think even in tw- Twitch at one point. And yeah, it's like, it's a different flavor. You know, I think Twitter is always like kind of everything's blasting outward to everyone at all times where Facebook feels a bit more insular. There's mm-hmm. definitely more of these like communities and, uh, I don't know how to sum it up more than that. But well, like yeah. t- Twitter is like a, a top-down world-building god game, but it's <laughs> multiplayer. And Facebook is more like a shooter or a strategy game where it's like, yeah, I can <laughs> see this room and the two rooms in front of and behind me, but that's kind of all I'm working with right now. That's a good mm-hmm. metaphor. Yeah, I totally agree. It's like uh, uh, it's like in a, a real-time strategy game where half of like the majority of the map is blacked out. And you only can see what's there on the map if you send one of your little guys out there. Right, right. And like you sometimes get a notification alert in the side of your screen and it's like, red alert, red alert, racism is happening in the comments. The sunset profile <laughs> pictures have arrived. <laughs> They're tagging Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> send in the cavalry. Send in the yeah. trebuchet units. Send in 900 of my most communist friends. Like, <laughs> That's the other fun thing about Facebook is like you can kind of take over a little space for a while. Like it's not just the groups that you have. It's like, once in a while, something will get shared around with some insane grandma posting something about like, won't someone date my beautiful son? He's in the Navy <laughs> or like, you know, some shit like that. And uh, people will just share it around and they'll say like, comments are open. And that's always just like, yeah, lighting a fucking powder keg. And I kind of love that energy. You don't see that as much on Twitter where it's just like, yeah, you can respond to anything pretty close. It is fun. It's like a, it's sort of a, a, a whimsical type of gang stalking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite posters because of Facebook, they can do this, are the folks that infiltrate totally, you know, mainstream, wholesome groups and then just just shit posts, you know, without anyone else recognizing that that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they get away with it for sometimes weeks at a time, depending on how much of a tear they're on. Like I've seen it happen so many times with like a classic rock group. Uh, shout out to Jay Hayne, uh, Rebecca Agusto, uh, uh, Ida. Ida Can't for re- sure. They'll get in these groups, and they, you know, Ida is a genius uh, making up some of these posts. That <laughs> you know, one of my favorite ones is the infiltrating the Harry Potter groups, and the way that the <laughs> posts are crafted 
is he is such a Trojan horse of sneaking in, you know, us, this person, this woke scold person told me that, you know, Harry Potter is this, this, and this, and, and totally gets away with it because they think he's saying that somebody else <laughs> said this. And it's just, I mean, such a joy to see the yeah. reactions. <laughs> well, and like carefully inserting language that will reveal the jokey nature of the post to people who are super online, like millennials and Zoomers. But if you're Good like point. some boomer who logs onto Facebook to talk to their grandkids, it's like you're just not going to understand what half the post means. And the other half of the post calling... Zelensky, a real life Chris Kyle or a real life Chris Dorner for that matter is just going to be like uh, it's 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 going to like somehow ring true to people who are just logging on to see an American flag and like salute their monitor. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of a Longmont Potion Castle for the uh, dig- <laughs> digital social media age, which is which is a type of humor that we we really we sorely need in this world. Oh, well, God. absolutely. Uh, speaking of of being a, a, a shit stirrer in various uh, online domains, you brought an article to our attention, Phil, when we were getting ready for the show, where some kind of uh, NFT expert has floated the idea. <laughs> Big I, Chief. <laughs> Big Chief. I love the idea that you can be an NFT expert named Big Chief. It's oh kind of like God. if this stoner so culture bleak. didn't have anything in it that got you high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is incredibly bleak because, uh, yeah, so it's uh, NFT expert imagines a hopeful future where poor people serve as real life NPCs in (laughs) games. Buddy, that's just called having a service job. (laughs) <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I've I've talked about a lot on the show. uh, Whenever like the Elon Musk self driving failures happen, and uh, like. AI is not going to happen probably within our lifetimes to the degree that science fiction predicts it, where like, oh, a rogue AI learned how to love and it's also in charge of the U.S. nuclear arsenal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, that's, not, that's not happening. What AI in our lifetime is going to look like is it's not going to be a computer that's driving your Tesla for you. It's going to be like a guy paid 30 cents an hour in like Bangladesh driving it remotely using the same technology that like guys in the air force use to drone bomb Syria. You know, yeah, well, I mean, cause AI, AI views us a little bit better than we view ourselves. That's the problem. Isn't that our AI isn't good enough. It's that we're not good enough at AI to make the AI we actually want. Yeah. And instead it just aggregates random things about us and kind of like, triangulates you know what is the actual intention here and so we're like oh we made an ai yeah and then it's racist so we (laughs) were like oh we made an ai to scan driver's license and it's like yeah i'm an ai who scans driver's license and i'm super fucking racist (laughs) but hey you know at least this means that a racist ai isn't gonna have to be uh the npc in a world of warcraft gold farm situation which is literally what this guy big chief was doing right he was running like an internet gold yeah the article gets way worse and reveals that this (laughs) this i don't i think the headline is actually pretty deceiving i think when you read it you think that like oh some kind of you know think tank is actually Mm -hmm. imagining that you know this is an idea that they're going to bring into the gaming space and if you get into it this person (laughs) who calls himself big chief who can go to hell uh (laughs) (laughs) was literally like you know basically employing child labor to like uh, some game called critters uh i've never heard of it but it utilizes nfts in a Minecraft-based style of gaming. And he had kids in the Philippines doing stuff, collecting materials, and then, like, paid designers to build the stuff. And he, like, really thinks he's doing a good thing. I... I it's well, so- yeah, he, he from the quotes in the article, he definitely has the brainworms of like some small local business owner who's like, I'm just giving high school kids a chance to earn a nickel an hour and buy a phosphate from the soda jerk down the street. <laughs> Except he's like some guy who's like, yeah, log on to my Minecraft server that has uh, blockchain crypto support for a currency that just tanked from 85 cents to three cents over the course of a few months. This is so <laughs> funny because like it's very it's he's just selling blocks like like a like a plot of land in my in a on a minecraft server which is like first off that it's a i'm pretty sure it's against the terms of service of minecraft so you're just begging for your account to get deleted (laughs) but also like it's a public minecraft server anybody can just come on that block and build stuff (laughs) they can come to your spot and build 
it's kind of like how Scotland, some, some companies in Scotland will sell you like a cubic foot of land on some Scottish island. And they're like, you can technically call yourself a lord since you own this land. And mm. it's like, okay, but if I drive my boat up to that island and I just walk <laughs> around and I wipe my ass on every squ- cubic foot of land on the island, who's going to fucking stop me? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you don't have any serfs or vassals or knights or anything. I mean, you're a you don't e- yeah. You don't even have an army of kids from the Philippines trying to buy NFTs with digital currency that you're paying out. That's the other thing. I don't really understand how this scam works, right? Because uh, <laughs> he's saying stuff like, with the cheap labor of a developing country, you could use people in the Philippines as NPCs, real life NPCs in your game. And it's like, I can play online video games with people in the Philippines right now it happens all the time (laughs) well he apparently wants them to just do nothing like nothing of value he wants them to be real uh controllers of the you know the 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 shopkeeper somebody fishing it's i think it's extremely hilarious because we don't need that in games like there there's non-player characters for a reason right we want some we want to be important in the game we don't Mm -hmm. we don't want this person to be able to suddenly Go well. Actually, it might be pretty interesting if they just like freaked out and lost it, and they're like fucking your your total game over one day just because they're like, you know what, the the blockchain just. T- I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to NFTs. So I probably said that wrong. Well, but. yeah, it's like what if they got pissed off at the way the player base treated them, and they all decided to Thank like you. go on strike. Like <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool, but yes. I don't. Th- I think they would immediately get replaced by bots again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's what you see already with the fucking McDonald's, where it's like a kiosk. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. No. I. I think that. Here's my thoughts on like metaverse shit. First off, there's like a million different competing metaverses um, and none of them have like even close PlayStation to... PlayStation 2 graphics? Yeah. No, well, not <laughs> that because they all look like shit. None of them have close to uh, like dominant market share and it's right. not looking like any of them will emerge as the victor anytime soon. Like the closest we have to an actual metaverse in terms of uh, number of active users is like world of warcraft which is not an nft game and not a web 3 game it's just a game right so i think that the the trajectory of this is that we don't understand why anybody would want to live their lives in the metaverse but if you look at uh the adoption of mass technology right like like we don't this i'm not saying it should happen this way and i'm not saying i want it to happen this way in fact it's very bleak and I hope that this doesn't happen. But if you look at the adoption of various types of media, like from 1990 to 2010, we went from like 1% of the population using the internet regularly to like 90% of the population using the internet regularly. Same thing happened with television between like 1930 and 1950. Same thing happened with radio between 1910 and 1930. You went from like z- zero adoption to like, huge amounts of adoption. And I think what it's going to take is a generational shift because like the Zoomers and the generation after Zoomers are being propagandized so hard by like the media and by these companies that want to sell them this virtual life that they're going to grow up thinking that it's, it's cool, it, it's fun, and it's worth it to live your entire life in some sort of virtual metaverse where everything is an NFT, everything costs money, and everything is under complete control by a, a company that defines everything down, everything from like, you know, the, the look of the world down to like what, how, what your interactions are with shopkeepers. Sure, but like even like Minecraft aside, how are they going to steal the player base from a game like TF2, which came out 15 years ago and still has new <laughs> users signing up for? Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. How? <laughs> it's just a good game and funny. I don't think we can comprehend it. It's like how how, how would you explain the internet to somebody in like 1930? Well, you know? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Meta is trying to, like, pivot into doing uh, not just their Metaverse VR stuff, but they're also trying to, like, really get the monetization of memes and pages and stuff going. I know, yeah. Phil, you have some experience with that firsthand. And what's it been like interacting with the Facebook money machine? It's uh, it's, it's extremely suspicious to me. I You know, mm-hmm. I jumped at the chance as soon as they uh, they rolled out several different programs that I've been able to witness and then subsequently talk to a lot of people about it. 
Uh, I first got an offer on Instagram. They started paying for reels. Okay. Um, I think at first they wanted you to get something like 2 million views and they pay you 1200 bucks. And I tried it out a few times. It sucks. I can't, I don't want to try to get that many views. I'm not, I'm not just, it just can't do it. And then it rolled out to people probably have heard about this. Your profile could be monetized. Mm -hmm. So if you're just like a prolific viral poster, suddenly now you could just monetize your own posts. Which I didn't get that. I guess I maybe had too many violations. I can do that. <laughs> well, you you didn't make a good enough reel. For instance, you didn't make like ramen in the back of a toilet or something, which probably would have got the views. Right. I just didn't have any good dances that I just post reposted from TikTok, uh, which is the funniest thing to me. I don't understand how any of this shit works because they're literally they're freaking out because TikTok is eating up so much of their market share, and people are getting paid to just repost their same content from TikTok. Onto the meta platforms. Um, I, I don't understand how that provides any value to them, but it's I guess just the, an upward transfer of wealth to Rick Lax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, the last thing I'll say about it is that I've tried to, I actually tried to put together a, a special on the suck because I feel like what's happening here is the most, most ruthless kind of exploitation of like, freelancers uh, type mm -hmm. business model that they're using and it super pisses me off because there there's no transparency about any of this they offer you up to 30 grand a month they don't tell you how that's calculated they just show you a number every day right. of how much you've earned and then at any point you can just catch a violation for something you posted two years ago from something that's totally out of context and misunderstood by the algorithm and then poof your your offer is off the table yeah, I have a few different pages that have gotten this offer and one of them's off the table and some other ones are still on the table. And it's been impossible to figure out, like, how does this shit work? So I think if anybody's listening to this episode and is interested in something like that, like, please reach out to me because I think there's some interesting investigation to be done. I mean, I'm sure I've signed some kind of Absolutely. terms and conditions that I, you know, couldn't, uh, you know, sue them or anything. But I would love to talk about it and like and illuminate what what the fuck they think they're doing, because it's fucking weird. Maybe the right move isn't to try to make the money on the meta platforms. Maybe it's to uh, uh, kind of as an investigation, sign up for as many meta money making platforms as you can and then make a 12 million views YouTube video about it and make your cash over there. <laughs> yes. Yes. This <laughs> Collect is that a Google check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so the last thing I'll say is like, uh, I, th I do think me the meta platforms are really trying to fuck over creatives. It looks mm -hmm. good on the surface, but they're, I really think they're bending this over, and I, I don't have a good feeling. It's uh, especially what you said about how any infraction, whether it's real or manufactured, can just completely destroy. Like, if you're, if you're putting all your eggs in this basket, like, and somebody decides, well, I, I don't like this guy. I'm going to report his posts, and then uh, I'm going to, like, get a group of people to, to mass report this guy who like, I don't know, makes money off of recipe videos for like cocktails <laughs> or something. And then like, you know, five years ago he posted something, uh, you know, like s something that could be misconstrued as something else by the algorithm. And now he lo loses primary income stream. I think that's by design. It's like mm, the yeah. same thing with at will employment. Like the, the, the pe people who have money and power, they want you to be afraid of losing your livelihood at any given time immediately for no reason. Because if you're afraid of that, like you're not trying to make your life better. You're not trying to like strive for, you know, a better a world, a better place to live. You're not trying to improve, you know, your quality of life. You're just afraid of losing the little bit that you've gained by working your ass off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of things changing abruptly, for someone in the moment, uh, oh. let's talk. Let's talk about a story that that did catch the algorithm. We took a little break over Labor Day weekend because uh, we didn't feel like working. But uh, that's right. Uh, there was something that went fairly viral, and it's a, it's a Reddit post. I thought it was from "Am I the asshole?" But it's actually from I think it stands for <laughs> "Today I fucked up." <laughs> they got so many acronyms over there. I never learned all the acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just not Reddit enough to know, so I have to guess. But you know, most people will probably have seen this. But it's just a uh, uh, today I fucked up. My 20 year old female girlfriend of two years told me the music that I 25 male play during sex is weird and a major turn off. <laughs> and then he he goes into like a long winded story about a, a sex playlist that he's made, where he says there's one song in particular which actually. 
actually happens to be my favorite. And he spells favorite with a U, so we know that this guy is British. Mm. British alone. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we know the, the British have whack taste in music. Like, their version of dubstep <laughs> sounded like, uh, you know, like, slowed down drum and bass in, like, an oil barrel compared to, like, <laughs> over here we got cool dubstep like Skrillex. Like you know? Skrillex, So we know yeah. UK people have whack taste in music. Very whack. I don't listen to that Code 9 bullshit. That guy has a, a master's degree in philosophy. I'm not interested in smart you ever people's heard music. UK rapper Flow? <laughs> no, but I like Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song Dizzy Rat with, uh, with Dizzy Rascal and David Byrne from the BPA. I'm not sure if the BPA is British. Uh, so, have we, we all this? heard the song now? I feel like it's been going around a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've all heard Seabat, right? Like, it was popular because it got, it was a meme. It was on Workaholics originally. Oh, there was like a wow. scene where the Workaholics guys, like, wild, were wilding out in the office, and Seabat by Hudson Mohawk was playing, which is a great song. It, I love it. It's I don't a banger, like it. I really hate it. It's a squeaky, quirky, <laughs> like funny ass song. And we'll I just, just put the drop right here. We'll put it right here. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, you, I have to imagine some like skinny, like 25 year old British guy just like with his knees all pointed inward. I, I just, don't like, want to imagine this. I can't help myself. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I, I, I like, really. <laughs> and nobody has been able to figure out what he, what, what this Reddit poster means by they have sex to the song. Because like the rhythm or the beat or whatever. I've but, seen uh, some posts with some onomatopoeia that seem to give a pretty good idea. That it's like, <laughs> plap, comma, plap, plap, comma, plap, comma, plap, plap, plap. It was, <laughs> it's disturbing. I would not, I would be bothered. I would definitely be on, uh, <laughs> I would not be a fan of this sexual uh, method. I don't know why anybody would think this is a good way to do it. No, well, I mean, Hudson Mohawk himself, like, I think he edited his Twitter bio, so now it says, cry sugar is better for sex. <laughs> 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 Which is like, it's good that he's in on the Does he even too. make music still? Like, uh, Oh, yeah. He just like put out a pretty good a thing last old. year, I think. It was like a bunch of like uh, rough cuts and B-sides and shit, and it was really, really long. But I liked it. It was good. Uh, the part of this post that really killed me was was when he says the other day we were having sex with no music, but I was still thrusting to the tune playing in my head. <laughs> she recognized this and asked me to stop. <laughs> oh god! That's also the part where I question the veracity of the post, and I start yeah. to think this is just something funny that a guy thought of. But no, I I guarantee it. It I, so okay. Not to be <laughs> cynical, not to be pessimistic. I present an alternative alternate possibility is that this is viral marketing for this hudson mohawk artist oh nice yeah like, this, uh, this lunas posted this to promote the new tonight album coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair i've gone down this rabbit hole apparently tiktok had like a whole week with it and people found the guy on instagram and uh subsequently connected all the dots and figured out who the girl was and uh, I guess at some point they even said that the that the guy had talked to her parents about his musical taste and had played this song. For what? <laughs> no, I don't know. I I, I have trouble well, believing that if it came from TikTok. Yeah, that's fair. I'll try. I'll try to dig up what I uh, was reading the other day because it's 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 just too good. I definitely it doesn't feel believable, but so it seems so to be true. There's an interesting connection that was made. Um, Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco in 2016, uh, during an interview with USA Today, said that the song helped him, quote, get pumped before his shows, uh, yeah, which leads me to believe like that, like, there's got to be some sort of, like, cross-pollination marketing thing going on. <laughs> because imagine if you're Hudson Mohawk right now, you're just raking in the point oh 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 one cents per Spotify listen right now. Yeah, well, Hudson Mohawk's like a big deal besides being just Hudson Mohawk, right? Like he started to get a lot of traction when Tim and Eric kind of discovered his whole collective, the Lucky Me Collective, which was like mostly Scottish producers making like wacky, quirked up, extremely colorful, like <laughs> trap and dubstep and other kind of like UK grime and shit influenced beats. And then like over the years, 
Hudson Mohawk has become like somebody who works on Kanye albums and shit. Like he has production credits on like albums that have gone gold and platinum. And now it it does feel a little weird to see this kind of like keep cropping up. But as much as I hate Panic at the Disco, it is very funny to me to think of the Panic at the Disco guy being like, I'm going to make these kids so sad. With this going as viral as it has, the thing that has surprised me the most is that I haven't yet seen a post about how his name, Hudson Mohawk, is racist towards Native Americans. Because I feel like that would just be like of the viral cycle. Maybe it's because he's from the UK, but I feel like that of the viral cycle, it always ends with people arguing about whether or not the thing that went viral or the person who made it is somehow doing like a problematic thing. I, I feel yeah. like that's the cherry on top of all these like weird we things. Probably by the time this episode comes out, I'm guessing that will have started. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, but I think also people will want to will want to do deep dives on Hudson Hawk, the 91 Bruce Willis uh, vehicle, which uh, I think they should do because I haven't seen that movie in fucking ages and it's wild as shit. <laughs> it's like one of the weirdest fucking movies. What uh, is this movie? I, I, this looks kind of sick. I kind of want to watch this now. Yeah, Hudson Hawk. So it's it's got a plot that's like based on conspiracy theories and secret societies and stuff. But it's like it's Bruce Willis. If Whoa. you look at the cover, it's pretty tight. It's a catch the excitement, catch the adventure, catch the hawk, Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's got like Hudson circle Hawk. glasses and a top hat, so he looks like the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, but it's, but it's Bruce Willis. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing i'm just imagining H- hudson mohawk and kate bush like in the same room discussing their like <laughs> viral come up for the year you know like that was in stranger things and and hudson mohawk's like well some weird guy was like fucking to my song <laughs> 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 he picked the wrong one <laughs> I mean, it also does, it, it makes me feel like the cycle of cultural things speeding up uh, is like happening way faster than I was ready to give it credit for because like workaholics having Seabat in an episode of their show and it going viral the first time was only like, was that a whole decade ago? It can't have been. It had to Probably. be like seven or eight years, right? Oh God. Apparently uh, it, it ended up back on the Billboard Top 200. So... <laughs> Amazing. So, so what I would like to know, it's going to be the new Macarena. If you can figure this out, <laughs> listeners, what is higher on the Billboard Top 200? Did Seabat beat out running up that hill? What is <laughs> what is the comparative viral power of Stranger Things versus Reddit? Man, the the Seabat on that Workaholics episode was 11 years ago. I'm fucking old, you guys. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's crazy. Can anybody tell me if this is uh, this picture I just dropped in the chat? Is this Hudson Mohawk or is this the guy who is fucking to his song? Cause no, that's, defi- <laughs> that's definitely Hudson Mohawk. Okay, that's yeah. a relief. <laughs> he's, I just he just wanted had, to he figure such British physiognomy. He just he's just he's British. You look, take one look. Yeah, Dude, that guy. You see him and you're just smash. like Scottish okay. detected. All right. Yeah, <laughs> this, all, this all checks out now. This all I get it. It makes sense. It's just a British thing, isn't it? yeah it's it's just a, when you're british you just have no idea what sex music is you, just like, you hear the macarena and you hear sea bat and you hear running up that hill and you're like these are all sex music how could they not be no that, yeah that's the thing because like uh you know britain used to rule the world and the only thing that they really like they 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 brought you know imperialism to every corner of the earth but like the only things they really brought back home were like uh tea and like stolen statues of the sphinx and like haunted sarcophaguses they didn't bring <laughs> yeah. back any like cult they you know cultural culturally they're kind of stagnant in a way the u.s is not because in the u.s if the red post was by an american it would have been like some sort of insane like knife party remix or something like that <laughs> well that that's like what's fascinating about the uk is like uh they're culturally stagnant and maybe not a way that the U S is not, but maybe in a way that the U S has just recently become right. Like, because the U S was mm-hmm. a, a, a real cultural producer until like the nineties. And now we have viral Reddit posts about fucking to the squeaky <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All I, of our culture is a rehashing of everything that came before it. Like case yeah. in point, stranger things, fucking Marvel, you know, they're all when basically we, just Frasier. 
Yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I got to say, I don't know that, it, it, especially to this song, but just in general, like stroking two songs is, I, I mean, I don't think it's a good, you know, strategy. Maybe at certain times it works, but not as like a, you know, go-to. Like There have been like, times where I lived in like an apartment building where I, you know, I could clearly hear other people like cooking or like yelling at each other. And I was like, well, if, if, if I'm going to get nasty, I'd probably put on some music. That's probably a good idea, you know, but, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not like reaching for the, uh, for the, for the <laughs> childish Gambino red bone whenever, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to yeah. get oh, it on. I, I, if things are going to get spicy, let me put on my favorite song. It's a, a little tune by Hechi Zero's band called El Sonidito. The guy plays one note like a million times in a row. Oh, yes. So hot. <laughs> Stroke game on point that night, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, uh, speaking to uh, about trying to cover up the shit that you're you're getting up to, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about a guy named Fat Leonard that you might have heard of before uh, who was apparently a, a very famous man uh who would go around throughout the navy and uh procure sex parties and extremely expensive alcohol and other other treats for officers to secure information uh and defense contracts and he had been sentenced or, or rather he had been held for sentencing with an ankle bracelet and with uh, 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 a literally a detail left outside his house and now he has cut his ankle bracelet hired a u-haul gotten in it and left and nobody knows where this guy ever like 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 went to but multiple people have said that he's infiltrated the u.s navy quote better than the soviets ever could and has more access to classified military information than possibly anybody who is not actually a military officer and it's just funny when this came to my attention i couldn't help but think about all of the shit that's been going on at Fort Bragg, all of the the like drug pushing scandals and all of the murders and uh, and and all of the shit that goes on at the various police departments around the country. And then you have quotes from guys who have been saying uh, uh, like supervisory deputy U.S. Marshal Omar Castillo, who told reporters, as of now, multiple leads are being investigated, adding that Francis's neighbors had seen a U-Haul moving truck at his house in the days before his <laughs> escape, which it just seems like if the U.S. really didn't want this guy to escape, they probably would have investigated the suspicious moving trucks outside yeah. of his house. Yeah, the article talks about how like there was a, a crew making, I guess there's a podcast about them, and mm. they're t- and there's... T- talking about how they were able to smuggle a microphone to him and and, <laughs> and that the security was just so weak like uh yeah it definitely seems like he's probably still up to his his old habits i mean imagining somebody was having sex parties at his expense uh, and drinking nice champagne to help facilitate this u-haul escape is i mean that's my takeaway yeah, so he has a, a Singapore-based maritime ship servicing company called Glen Defense wow. Marine Asia. And uh, it seems like he used that position to just get in so good. Because I know uh, Singapore is uh, very, very tight with the United States military. And uh, it's just very funny. It seems like he he's literally bribed and made so many inroads <laughs> with so many people that they can't even get security to sit outside of his house all day. That It says in the article that there was a three-hour window where they were simply gone for lunch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> so he would frequently give these Blue Ridge officers luxury hotel cocktail parties, Michelin star dining experiences, sex workers, and $1,000 bottles of booze and cigars, to which I only have to say... Uh, <laughs> I don't even king, know. Like king shit. King yeah, shit. Like, king like, shit. <laughs> there, there are like old episodes of King of the Hill where Cotton Hill talks about being like a procurement officer and and getting this kind of stuff for the other officers. And I always thought it was just like, you know, I always thought that kind of stuff was just played up because it's like the uh, mm-hmm. veteran version of schoolyard tales where they're like, you don't even know what these officers get up to, man. They 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 have the craziest parties. They're hiring sex workers. They're getting this and that and the other thing and drugs. And it's just like the more I, I see stuff about this actually come out, the more I start to think like, I bet it's all true and more, you know? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, and this guy has got to be, he's gone, right? Like he's in another country, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I mean, he's somewhere with no extradition treaty to the United States. His buddies that he gave multi-million dollar <laughs> parties and, and cocktails and cigars to definitely figured out a way to get him to some country that is friendly enough with the United States, but not too friendly that they could get him there and get him safe. Which, uh, you know, BP listeners and suck listeners who have found their way to this podcast, uh, if you ever run afoul of the law, just Google countries with no extradition treaty. All right. You're, <laughs> yeah. They can't extradite you. You are free and clear unless they like, you know, uh, put a burlap sack over your head and drag you to a CIA black site. But well, you would have had to have like, really fucked up for that to happen. Well, they, they'll do that to you and me, like the shit ass podcasters. That's but true, they're not yeah. going to do this to this guy who like no, helped Fat a Leonard bunch of their set. bros. <laughs> he was set. I really respect a man who uh, takes full advantage of a U-Haul rental. You know, <laughs> like uh, like you ever seen those guys who post the videos of them doing donuts in the U-Haul truck, and they're like, yeah. for nineteen dollars, you could rent this." <laughs> <laughs> That's my shit. That's extremely my shit. I do I'm, love the getaway story in a U-Haul truck. I'm trying to imagine if if it was just the car or if he had more going on like in the U-Haul, you know, like was there merchandise? Was there uh, smuggling of people? I don't know. I mean, it's my imagination goes wild, but it's just the fact that he's <laughs> driving away, you know, I'm imagining like a high speed chase happening, which didn't because nobody, was, <laughs> nobody yeah. gave a shit if he got away or not. <laughs> Well, he probably just waited till the day that the the security guards decided to go somewhere further away for lunch. So three hours became four hours. And then he could be like, all right, all you guys come down from the base. You help me load my $16 million worth of cigars and champagne <laughs> into the three U-Hauls. And then we're going to drive down to the Darien Gap and take a boat to Columbia. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This guy's probably a shitty person. I shouldn't celebrate him, but the story sounds... Uh, pretty fun on the surface I guess. yeah well that's so. the problem is this kind of getaway isn't available to you and me like they'll just brown right. bag us they'll just burlap mm -hmm. sack us it's like you won't even make it to the darien gap but this guy he's he's got the stuff because he already bribed them he's got years of bribing them already under his belt uh <laughs> and uh speaking of getting away with something uh, I already mentioned minion death cult once on the show today but they did also <laughs> post something incredible on yes. twitter which is a Facebook post, uh, which is, is also Michigan-themed, which I always love. And so this is uh, Alicia Jane is with Chadwick Jalapeno Duran at Little Caesars Pizza in Kalkaska, Michigan. And I'm just going to read the whole story real quick. It says, this evening around 5.30, I called my husband and asked him if he would bring home a pizza on his way home from work. He went to Little Caesars in Kalkaska around 6.30. He ordered, paid, and they told him it would be around 20 minutes. No big deal. After waiting nearly two hours for our food, watching everyone else get theirs and being ignored, the wrong theirs, by the way, he received our pizzas to find this on the inside. Fuck the police. And there's a photo of a pizza box and it just says FTP. <laughs> uh, oh, well, maybe he, he was reminding the customer to upload his files to an FTP server. Thank you. That was my first thought yeah. when I saw this. He's yeah, like, I, th you're, I, I thought you're... of STP, and I was like, fuck Temple Pilots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it makes as much sense as the original band name. And I, I don't love this to... story, because who waits 20 minutes for fucking Little Caesars in the first place? It's hot and ready, or I fuck, I'm out, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not going to wait 20 minutes. It's just a regular pepperoni pizza. No, but That's how you know this is not true. hours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody in the replies is like... Yeah, your cop husband's cheating on you, like for sure. <laughs> and he, he, he thought this would take the heat off him, and the fact oh, that you posted wow. it proves that he it it did. <laughs> I hadn't yeah. I hadn't thought of that angle to it, but uh, it, yeah, it would be like a Michigan policeman who would like you know to get out of uh you know his wife finding out he's cheating on her would like start a sort of like. <laughs> statewide incident at a little Caesars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the other funny thing is a bunch of Michigan people that I've seen who who have seen who have seen this on various social media have pointed out like Kalkaska is a small village of like two thousand people. So wow. if you start shit, like what you you have to know if you work at the Little Caesars that if you write fuck the police on the inside of the box and hand it to one of the few local cops that you have around. Like it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And like, 
the cops could do something about this. You don't have to post this to Facebook. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So on average, uh, I'm looking at like the, the average number of police officers per capita. Like if you're a, a, a town of, 2000 you're only gonna have like six police officers max maybe five including the sheriff like how is this plausible like everybody's got to know each other if your town's that small oh yeah well i mean like when i worked at the starbucks in the waterfront in pittsburgh like homestead munhall and the surrounding area have a lot more than 2000 people and everybody still knew everybody's fucking business anyway there was a, a a local cop who was cheating on his wife with somebody that I worked with and everybody in the fucking Starbucks knew about it. And he came in every damn day. Like people are messy as fuck with this shit. So this stuff doesn't really surprise. I want to say, I definitely think that this theory holds up because this post has been deleted. I am glad they mean minion death cult podcast has screenshot it. Cause it's, it's gone. It's gone now. I remember last night we were making memes out of this and you're like, (laughs) Oh, the post is gone. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just like, I, I also love the mind of somebody who's like, I'm going to take to Facebook about this. You know, like my husband, who's a cop who serves the community, <laughs> had to wait two hours for a hot and ready pepperoni pie. <laughs> like For two hours, you just go somewhere else, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, I would be so much madder at my husband. Like, why didn't you go inside and ask for the fucking pizza at any point in the two hours? Or, you know, like, none of it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. He's just going to be receiving texts from now on that are like, you buy a pizza at the store and you bring it home. Yeah. Cook it where I can see you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from he, now he on, was... we're a DiGiorno's family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only pizza we're eating. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of uh, much like uh, whether uh, your Little Caesars is hot and ready, another matter of life and death. Uh, the Bed Bath and Beyond CFO, uh, chief financial officer, has apparently committed seemingly suicide, falling to his death from uh the Tribeca skyscraper known as the Jenga Tower. Uh, this past <laughs> Friday, after being accused. Okay, so in the middle of August, he sold like a quarter of his shares of Bed Bath Beyond. Then like a week later, uh, the SEC accused him of, or, or shareholders uh, attempted to uh, get the SEC to go after Bed Bath and Beyond for a pump and dump scheme. This is also mm. the same pump and dump where that story was going around where like, Oh, this 20 year old made a hundred million dollars off of puts on Bed Bath and Beyond. And it turns out he had like $25 million of startup capital from his like, rich dad with a wikipedia page but i just i'm just gonna say like nobody no no uh no billionaire falls to their death off of a size skyscraper this this motherfucker's pushed well this guy was a professional scammer right like before that he worked for avon which is like avon is just a legal multi-level marketing scheme (laughs) and bed bath and beyond have you ever been in one of those stores they don't really sell anything that other stores don't sell like why would you ever go to a bed bath and beyond the beyond john obviously yeah well that's that's where this guy is now white women be (laughs) collecting bed bath and beyond coupons like their pokemon cards i swear to god and find like a uh between like 25 to 35 year old white woman and look in her like i don't know uh filing cabinet bedside table anywhere she's got a drawer where she keeps like random papers you will find a stack of bed bath and beyond coupons this is universally true (laughs) i feel like there there are plenty of people out there with better taste who have like (laughs) alta gift cards (laughs) 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 something like that (laughs) I simply go there for the beyond. I mean, there's a special section of the store you can go in. There's a black curtain. You go back there. There's all kinds of <laughs> wonders and weird shit. And uh, you just can't get it anywhere else. I'm telling you, it's it's a game changer. But not everybody knows about that part of the store because everybody's ordering from Amazon these days. They, yeah. You know. well, and the way beyond- to reach the beyond is by throwing yourself off of a skyscraper. Yeah, well, it's it's <laughs> hidden, you know, so a lot of people get frustrated when they can't find it. This guy was probably like, man, I've worked for this company for so long, and they never have never told me where the beyond is. <laughs> I'll find it at the bottom of the Jenga tower. Also, 
Why is the building that the office is in called the Jenga Tower? <laughs> I think it's very literal. <laughs> Does it Have literally seen look it? like no, I don't I don't live in New York. Oh god. I just yeah, googled it. Looks it. Yeah, like it's it's designed to look like Jenga. Oh, but this it sucks. Okay, but also it doesn't fucking look like Jenga because Jenga would be architecturally uninteresting because it's just a bunch of slabs that are all uniform. Well, <laughs> you know, th- this is some uh, where deeper into the game, I guess you would have to say. So, sure. you know what this looks like? It looks like um, that that the textures on this building haven't fully loaded. They haven't fully rendered. Yes, <laughs> it's slightly outside of your view radius. Yeah, I, I hate. I hate I hate this. It's like, it's one of those, it's also one of those buildings in New York where like half the apartments are empty because they're just owned by like foreign investors who hold them as, you know, a hedge against the, their global currency failing. Yeah. Well, it looks like a half eaten cob of corn. (laughs) (laughs) New York girls make do. Oh wow! Oh, it's, it's on this the building is, River. is Another ribbed Hudson for detected. ribbed for none of our pleasure. <laughs> I hate this building. We'll I had shit. to go to the Wikipedia page, and I love how the the history of it is only three paragraphs. One of which is now about the Bed Bath and Beyond <laughs> executive. <laughs> yeah, he's getting the most words in in the whole history section. <laughs> That's the, fucked up, guy. Come on. I mean, people love that. They're like, pretty soon there's going to be a true crime podcast set in 56 Leonard Street, a.k.a. the Jenga Tower. Venezuelan businessman <laughs> Gustavo Arnal leapt to his death. but Or was he pushed? Wait, was he Venezuelan? <laughs> yeah, that's what it says what? on Wikipedia anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know why? Well, you, well, you know why he's in the United States and not in Venezuela. Uh, probably because the CIA figured out that he was mm-hmm. part of the Comprador bourgeoisie and they were mm-hmm. like, hey, why don't you move here and be part of the domestic bourgeoisie? Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> we did it with a bunch of Nazis. Why wouldn't we do it with right. capitalist Venezuelans? <laughs> right before the show started, there was this one other story, but I don't know how much time you have left, but I would love to discuss the Norwegian sure. Tesla owners yes. that, that went on hunger strike. <laughs> did they set themselves on fire yet? No, <laughs> they should. Yeah, it's still early. They're not that committed. That's the thing is they only went mm-hmm. on strike for like two or three days. I think it was like a 48 hour hunger strike. And they also arranged their Teslas in the shape of the word help and then took a photo of it with a drone and posted it. And if you watch the video, it's just a bunch of Norwegian dudes like Norway is a very big market for Tesla. They sell a lot of cars here. And I think <laughs> You know, these are not big problems. They could be easily fixed. And it's like, I don't know, man. Does it really necessitate you not eating for two days? I feel like you should just buy a different EV. (laughs) Yeah, I love the idea that they thought that uh, Elon Musk was going to see the help from his satellites at one point some little kid says that <laughs> yeah. like as if like uh, you know that's all it was going to take to get their cars fixed was just spelling out a word for uh his starlink or whatever i don't know what the satellites are i don't but understand I, people that uh that do a hunger strike for like no. in, against injustice why wouldn't you instead of doing a hunger strike against injustice how about calling in an airstrike against injustice <laughs> nice. well it's also like a hunger strike is something you would normally do against like your government or the police mm-hmm. or something it it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to do it against private corporations because <laughs> then you're imagining that private corporations give a single solitary shit about what happens to their customers once they've bought the product <laughs> you know actually i'm i'm i was forgetting something uh this is actually more plausible than i'd like to admit because i often go on hunger strike when my truck won't start <laughs> I really wanted to talk about this because it reminded me of a story from I think a couple of years ago now how Netflix had this show called The OA and uh, mm. it was canceled because uh, it's a god awful, stupid, terrible fucking show. <laughs> um, and I'm going to spoil it for anybody listening and I don't care because mm-hmm. uh, it sucks and you shouldn't watch it. Um, <laughs> and I hope I pissed somebody off when I said that because if you like it, you, that's a terrible, it's bad opinions. It taste, reflects but... poorly on your character if you like that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah you need that, to work asshole. on it. I've never seen yeah. it, and I agree with you completely. <laughs> so the the Netflix was the people that made the OA, and they canceled it. And the fans of the show were so invested that they went down to Netflix headquarters to stage a hunger strike <laughs> in a protest. <laughs> Not and just a hunger strike, but at Netflix. You're like, we're going to go down there and be hungry in front of the building. 
It, I get so much enjoyment out of watching that because <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with people, man? Are like, you sure that maybe maybe they just got so used to sitting down to eat dinner and watch their favorite TV show that they couldn't <laughs> eat without their favorite TV show? Literally, well, yeah. it's also so funny because like, did they get the show back? Like they no. didn't, right? No, no, that never works. But you know what does work? <laughs> Relentless cyberbullying. That's what yes. fixed the Sonic mm-hmm. design. But you can still eat while you do that. You don't have to go anywhere. Just In fact, your... you should probably carbo load a little bit. You know, yeah, you're going to be shouting and pounding your keyboard quite a bit. So, yeah. But yeah, I did want to spoil that the <laughs> end of the story was that. Uh, so this woman, uh, the main character, travels through dimensions and she wakes up in. Uh, she breaks the fourth wall and wakes up in in as the actress in the show. Um, oh, and I just think so much. Yeah, the 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 show already sucked for a lot of so reasons lazy. before that, but it's the the shittiest uh, plot I could think of. The show was so fucking bad that not only was I happy that it was canceled, I was actually happy that some of the fans were suffering as a result. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> you deserve this because you fell a sh- yes. you fell for a show where the hook of the whole show was what if actresses were real. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like the so, like another thing about this show is that I the only reason it got popular, I think, to the mainstream that didn't watch it is that the characters do these like stupid dances. Um, they're really bad. Mm. Uh, I can't emulate them, but um, the, these dances were the way that they were supposed to open a portal to another dimension. Uh, and the f- <laughs> and so the first season ends with a school shooting of all things. And uh, <laughs> what? yeah, and they do the fucking dance. Uh, to, that's how they stop the shooter. They just distract him by doing these ridiculous dance. They thought they were going to open a portal, but no, they just uh, spooked the, the school shooter and he got. Uh, I think he got killed or something. But then, so you're thinking, okay, <laughs> this show surely won't have another season, but it does. And when it comes back, uh, you're thinking, well, maybe I won't have to see these stupid dances because that whole plot point is over. But no, they double down and they make fucking robots that do the dances for them to open up the portals to the other dimension. I I, I, I hate watched the show. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go on hunger strike to have it deleted from <laughs> memory banks. Yeah. That sounds like absolute drag. Like not even something that's like so bad it's good. Like I always tell people to watch Lex, like seasons two and three, especially. Like it's so bad it's good. But then there are things that are just like so bad it's bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and the amount of money spent on the show could have easily fixed those Norwegian Teslas, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So um I'm sending love and and <laughs> and my best to the Tesla owners. I hope they get their back door or whatever to open. Um yeah. they, <laughs> my door get, won't open and then it opens on its own and then it won't start in the cold and it won't start in the heat. It only starts when it's uh, exactly 69 degrees Fahrenheit, which it never is in Norway. (laughs) Speaking of electric cars, before we close out, uh, I have often said on this show that electric cars are a scam. They just shift the fossil fuel usage and emissions and make you completely dependent on a grid And also they're horrific for the environment in a way that, uh, you know, long term will wreak uh, havoc. The entire state of California announced by, I think, 2025 or 2030, there's going to be no gas cars sold in California, which California is a huge market. It's like uh, if it were a country, it would be like in the top five uh, markets for a lot of products, which means that like that's going to cause a domino effect where a lot of car manufacturers switched to only electric or you know whatever uh maybe hydrogen i don't know um, and uh meanwhile half of the electrical grids in the united states are failing yes uh, especially uh, in the midwest and the south catching on california yeah. also one week later announces rolling blackouts and asks its citizens not to charge their electric cars <laughs> this is coming just a few months after uh transportation secretary pete buttigieg said uh, if you're mad about the price of gas, just buy an electric car. It's like they, they don't care about you. They have absolute contempt for you and their technocratic solutions are fake uh, and they suck and you should hate these people. That's right. Well, 
as long as we uh, have have finally determined the the root cause of the collapse of the United States, <laughs> and it's it's our it's our electrical grid is going to fail on us because we can't stop plugging in our luxurious Teslas that won't open in the cold. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, do you want to let people? Who are listening know where they can find you besides just listening to the shuck, the suck, which I'm sure they have all already subscribed to. The shuck is gonna be my next show. It's corn, <laughs> yeah. corn related. Oh, that I one's like coming that. out. But thank you so much for having me on the show. I, you know, I'm a huge fan. I've listened to the BB Bledis for a long time, and at one point I uh, listened to you to all your backlogs of your episodes to the point oh, wow. that y'all are at my internal dialogue for oh, a while. God. I was like, okay, I have to stop. <laughs> I need to end and take a break. So I did, but I, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show because it's super cool, a big honor for me. But yeah, everyone out there, check out the, the Suck. It's a fun podcast. If you're waiting in between uh, episodes and bonus episodes, we can definitely fill that gap for you. At just the suck.me is our is our uh, website. Oh, nice. It's a dot me domain. It has a link tree so you can listen wherever you like. And we have a Patreon and bonus episodes and all that good stuff. Hell yeah. So th- thanks for having me, y'all. Check out the suck. Check out Phil's old projects, uh, Chill Neil uh, and Juicy Mane. Some fucking bomb tracks on uh, uh, on that record. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's uh, it's it really. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. It's my pleasure. Like I say, it truly, it's truly like uh, an honor. I'm. I never thought I'd be on the show, but kind of got desperate. I was like, I. I got to get the show out there somehow. <laughs> See if these BB Lettuce folks will come let me uh, slum on their show for a little while. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anytime. We'll have you back eventually as well. And uh, as soon as my bedtime isn't quite so early, I'd love to come onto the suck. Yeah, the the uh, the invite is always out. Both of y'all have been invited to the show, and I understand it, the time it, we couldn't make it work, but it's it's always stands. And uh, yeah, let me know. You're welcome to come on. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that's been your BP for the week. Thank you so much for listening. You can listen to my other show, Work Stoppage. You can check out Bryn's other show, Generation Loss, and you can check out Todd's shop online, doomer.shop. And with that, we love you. Stay high. Goodbye. Be fine, y'all. Hey, few. Hey, few. What? Hey, few. What's up, man? 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 When I wake up in the morning, I say, What's up, man? When I show up at my job, I say, What's up, man? When I'm picking up my phone, I say, What's up, man? When you waiting for a text back, it's like, What's up, man? When I go to get my mail, it's like, What's up, man? When I'm waving at my neighbor, I say, what's up, man? When I write a letter to my mom, it's what's up, man? When I reply to a job, I be honest, what's up, man? I'm about to do an interview, I'm like, yo, what's up, man? I'm about to see your grandma, too, I say, yo, what's up, man? I shake your grandpa's hand, I'm like, yo, 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 what's up, man? I went to the bathroom, saw the toilet, I'm like, what's up, man? I went to your house, I saw your cat, I say, yo, what's up, man? I pitch your dog up on his belly, I say, what's up, man? I'm finna touch your body, then I tell her, what's up, man? I'm finna lay this girl, then I tell her, what's up, man? 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 What's up, man?